0: Uh, I'm happy to have Negachi on my podcast today Negachi has been a kathakar for four decades training under ma- under great masters her gurus her main gurus include Ustad Nahid Siddiqui Maharaj Ghulam Hussain Kathak Pandit Durga Lal and Guru Pali Chandra. she's also done intensive workshops with Uma Durga Ji, Srimati Shashwati Sain Shrimati Komudini Lakia, and Pandit Virju Maharaj uh, Nigaj Chaudhary is one of the primary exponents of Kathak in Pakistan and has made it her mission in life to grow the art there. Nigaji, Ji, how are you?
1: I'm fine. Thank you, Pramit. Nice to be on your show. Thank you so much for inviting me.
0: I'm really excited to do this episode, Nigaji. Ji. Mm-hmm. That's really mm-hmm. awesome. Uh, so mm-hmm. just to start off to the, with things, could you tell us about a little bit about the history of Kathak in Pakistan?
1: Okay. So when we look at the history of Kathak presently in Pakistan, it has a background that's coming from pre-partition. So what's happened is that Kathak Be- overall um, is looked upon in Pakistan as something that is Hindu and not Muslim, even though it has a very strong Muslim root. And there's been this fabulous, glorious fusion of both forms of um, the Hindu aspects and the Muslim aspects, which really brings in such a vast canvas to the whole style. But because of the lack of um, awareness and understanding and the kind of imprint that it brought in from uh, pre-partition before Pakistan was created, and I'd like to kind of give a little input on what is that? What was that impact? That impacted uh, has impacted Kathak in Pakistan or any kind of classical dance form in Pakistan. So I look at it from uh, when I look at the history. We look at sixth century when we look at the Dev Dasi, and we look at all the empowered uh, women that were dancing, and the Dev Dasi is one of those very empowered women. And then we look at the um, um, courtesan of the Mughal Empire, all the going on from 14th century uh, to 15, 16, coming in from Hazrat mi Khusru with the Muslim influence of the tabla and the sitar and everything that became such a dominant feature in Kathak. And then we look into the courtesan who also was very, very uh, developed artist in poetry, in Ghazal, in tumri, Wajid Ali Shah from Lucknow. So all of this development, and we all know that the British came in. And unfortunately, Um, dance got banned by the British. And that stamp of the British colonization on uh, the the performers, on the female performers, reduced the form uh, historically uh, before partition right down to being something where they were economically independent as women. They suddenly were women that were dependent on you know, not the art form anymore, or developing the art form and more about economic sustenance. So it got degraded. And then it came down to a Mujra form, which is known in Pakistan today as a Mujra form. So when we inherited, uh, when Pakistan got created, that. That is what Pakistan inherited, unfortunately. So that form of dance, when it was degenerated and degraded, and the Indian um, uh, India itself took on the task to reinstate the dancers, and Pakistan, unfortunately, could not do that because um, there was so much else happening. And historically and geographically, the the country was placing itself, putting itself up. There was a lot of you know. So the arts was the last interest. Or of the country. There was other things um, uh, that needed political disarray. Tha, kuch tha. So raks ka, raks ke hawale se, there was no um, kind of um, support. There was no patronage as the government absolutely had no patronage. So what happened? So the Mujra women who came into Pakistan, they, they opted to come to live in Pakistan and they all lived on the outskirts of the main cities of the old city. So in you know we in, in in like Johar Bagh you have defense in Pakistan in Lahore or Karachi or wherever so you have the cantonment in the military areas and you have the other upper class posh areas but these women kind of made their homes uh, in the old city around the Lahore Fort so then it became they used dance as a way to lure uh, men and but ba- but it was basically around. Um, um, Uh, economic sustenance. And the form used was Kathak. So unfortunately, people started relating not the first version we saw of Kathak was with the Mujrawali. So when you get that input from your country being created, and then everyone seeing it like that, and um, looking down upon it, so Kathak never, or any dance form for that, uh, got any kind of recognition or Understanding it was always criticised. It was always put down as something that was um, um, sexual, and it was not an art form because it was not presented like that. So the kathak dancer who developed from that, and a lot of stars who also simultaneously came into Pakistan, people like um, Ashik Samrat, people like Ullam Hussein Maharaj. Um, came in, Gulam Patiala wale came in from Hindustan. So they set up their schools and set up their small training um, places and institutes. I wouldn't say they were institutes, they were their own institutes. Their room was their institute. So from there, Kathak started taking a route. And some of the dancers, like we have Indu Mithaji, who's a Bharatnatyam dancer, and some are uh, Srimakar Ji, and all the other people that came and established themselves, especially Induji, because she's 80, she's going to be 90 now. So in partition, she had been learning and she also came and lived uh, Married a, a man from the military and brought Bharatnatyam into Pakistan. So that's how the forms, these teachers and these people were the ones that started bringing in the true, pure form of the of of classical dance. But it was so over. Um, it was so difficult to fight against. Um, the wali, because of her using Kathak and then Kathak her form was degenerated even more and went into the Lollywood film industry which was the Pakistani film industry. So the dancer from uh, the red light area became a figure that went into cinema and cinema impacts the society because it's a very powerful medium. So you had the stage Kathak dancers who just couldn't fight against this huge impact of uh, cinema and um, all this um, degeneration of Kathak and, and then using the costumes, wearing the Gungurus, looking like a a Kathak dancer, a classical Kathak dancer, but not uh, performing or presenting themselves in the art form itself. So this is something that has impacted the society and that has kind of um, lots of families or w- who would not want their children or their girls or their boys to learn because the association that I'm, tr- that I'm actually trying to make clear is that it got clearly associated with um, the mudra. Do you know what I'm saying?
0: Yes. So, um, um...
1: Yeah. so it's just kind of giving a clear indication of what, because sometimes when we take steps back, we don't seem to understand where is it all coming from? You know, my question, because I just did my master's in in dance pedagogy from Middlesex University. And my thesis was dancing the female body in Pakistani society. And through my research, I realized that the colonization that was happening um, from the British, from Indian, uh, British India, then Pakistan, and then the military rule. So for me, the classical Kathak dancer, was colonized thrice. She was colonized by the British, she was colonized by Pakistan society, and then she was colonized by Zia haq in the military rule for 10 years. So in my thesis, that was a main feature of understanding how, the, uh, the, how classical dance and the female dancing body has been colonized. So that made me understand why we have this kind of reaction and this kind of, um, why, you have very few people who want to learn classical dance as a form or even learn Kathak. It's more of a hobby. It's more of um, a hobby that doesn't last. And unless you're really passionate, you know, we have had people in Pakistan. Um, but we would not say if you look at it, if, if you have 20 million, if you 5-6 dancers, Classical dancers, though that's not a very good ratio. <laughs> as you can see in other countries, there are so many classical dancers and so many modern dancers and so much dance and music and very um, supported and accepted as part of society. As in Pakistan, that's not the case. It's an everyday struggle. It's an everyday um, resistance going on. And there's an everyday um, clarification of trying to prove ourselves that we exist and it's a constant struggle and it even happens today. I mean, it's less maybe because of YouTube and because of the opening up of um, classical dance on YouTube and seeing a lot more Kathak on YouTube and seeing a lot more Kathakars and seeing being exposed. So people have softened up. But that's of today's era. But it's not of the time when I came into Pakistan in 83 and I came in the time of military rule. And dance was banned. Women, we were not allowed to perform on television. Everything went underground, and it was a very, very fierce and vicious uh, time for 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 Kathak, for classical dance. And uh, we only performed in uh, the people like places like the German Institute foreign grounds you know like the British uh, Institute the British Council or the Goethe Institute or the alliance pense or the embassies because they were international turf so you were safe there you were you you didn't you would not be arrested you would not be jailed you would not be um, persecuted uh, for be, by dancing on you know as a woman and on television and on stage the only people the only dance they allowed was folk dancing and only men were allowed. So that's what I'm trying to uh, make clear is that, that why was this impact on dance? And there was the no objection certificate, which was instilled in the time of the British when they came to India. And we inherited that. We never changed it. You know, dance on that. It's written dance is an obscenity.
0: Could you tell us a little bit about the no objection certificate?
1: You no know, objection certificate came about um, in the time of uh, the British and it, it kind of came into our system and everyone that has to perform, whether it's theatre, whether it's uh, in the performing arts, whether it's music, you have to attain a no objection certificate from the government. And if you get a clearance on it, then you're allowed you get you're given permission to perform whether you're a singer whether you're a dancer whether you're a um instrumentalist or any kind of performance so it has to come through the government and then like the arts councils all over pakistan they have to um you have to show that to them once you get no an objections. And they help you sometimes because the federal government or the local government, they have to get a clearance. Once you get that clearance in that paper, then then you can perform. And it still exists yeah. today.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. And uh, could you take uh, take us back to when you first started doing Kathak here in Pakistan? Because I assume you might have, if you were fearful of your life, when you first started out, how how, how did you get... How did you find the strength to get up and practice and do your art every day in that kind of environment? And what was it like around you?
1: Oh, it was, well, I, you see, I grew up in England, in London. um, And when I came back, I wanted uh, to go to India, but my parents and everyone said, no, you go back to Pakistan. And I don't think they realized the seriousness of the fact that I love dancing because I had a background of ballet for 10 years um, in London. I had the Ballet Rambert and I had done the Laban Center for Movement and Dance and I wanted, I was doing contemporary and then simultaneously at the age of 13, 14, I started learning Kathak with Mahid Siddiqui Saiba So um, that brought me back, that linked to my roots and everything. So when I came back, it was 82 and that was like the peak of the martial law when Ziyal Haq's regime had taken over um, from 77 they had taken over and it, it lasted till 88. So I really saw that part when um, uh, I did, when walking in, I didn't realize what I was walking into it. Only when I got here, did I realize, oh my God, dance is bad. And you know, why? There's no place to practice where you can't, you know, your gungurus have to be hidden. You, you can't have the sound of your gungurus in your bag. And I had to really wrap my gurus <laughs> in such a way that I have my gurus with me. But we managed to find places always because Maharaj Gulam said, I was learning with him. And uh, we were practicing in the Arts Council basement, where again the, the sound never came out. But um, And then we had uh, understandings with. Um, uh, like the Alliance Francais or Goethe, the Goethe Institute to find, uh, allocate space for us to do our practice. It was very tough. It was not easy. I mean, it was extremely, um, but something in me, um, I, there's, a, there's a radical in me somewhere and there was a revolutionary aspect to my personality. And I think at that time we also picked up poetry which was very, very radical. And we picked out Fez Emmett Fez, who is a, very, uh, is a revolutionary poet, a socialist, you know, and spoke about freedom and spoke about, you know, a time will come when justice will be served. So we all started dancing to his poetry. And uh, m- 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 much of the poetry was translated into English because we were on foreign turf. And at times, you know, there would be a little bit in Urdu and a little bit in English for people to relate and to be in part of the struggle. So all the artists' movement that was going on was about releasing ourselves from the this the chains of um, uh, this dictatorship. So all the work became radical. All everything we picked up became radical. So I remember I danced to many things. Um, very famous poets in Pakistan, Habib Jalib and people like Fez and Affairs and, you know, who revolutionary and in the way they wrote there. They were also because they had had been jailed himself. Habib Jalib had been in jail in the time of dictatorship, because they wrote against the the state and they wrote against the military and they wrote against things that were um, just not human humane for for us as people as as people who are artists as people normally so there was a lot of fear of that there was a lot as time went by um one got stronger but we'd we had threats there were phone calls there were threats but somehow we I think I took every day like one at a time and I was younger and I was adventurous and I think I lived in London so there was something about me that believed in democracy and believed that my work is democratic. And and I think, you know, which environment that you live in, your work gets influenced. So my work, my Kathak expression took on a new wave, took on a new angle, took on a new um, kind of reflection for me. I started reflecting on, you know, that I'm not doing Tumris all the time. Now my work is picking up things that express what I feel and express like I did pieces like Kursi which was about um, again when the military rule had gone then there was this patriarchy um, that we were facing between Benazir Bhutto Saiba and um Sharif and Benazir was the Prime Minister and uh, Nawash was the Chief Minister so I created a piece around their struggle because he wasn't accepting her as a woman being the Prime Minister of the country And so I created this piece called Kursi, the chair. And then I created another piece called Parda, which was all about the religious um, suffocation and the the patriarchy, uh, the religious patriarchy that's created by the mullahs. It's not in the Quran, it's not as um, um, the extreme level of the way that it's Put on upon us, planted upon us, that you have to be this. Is not always like that. The the misinterpretation, um, and for me, you know, the whole concept of consumption of the body, the female body always being at the the male gaze. The concept of the male gaze was all in Parda. and then my piece revolved around um, other women whispering to me in the piece and saying, hey, "What's your problem? We've all done it: the Christian woman, the Indian woman." Greek woman, you know, all of them said, well, we've done it. So, what's well, your issue? You know, don't rock the boat. So here I am kind of rocking the boat for them and saying, well, I don't accept it. I don't accept my body being a playground for the patriarchal system. So at the end, I throw off this black cloth that I'm totally formless, faceless in. And I say, this is not about my body. This is about my soul. Uh, connecting to the fact that, you know, so my dance, my kathak became my storytelling. Was this my storytelling? Was was expressing what I'm feeling in the country, what I'm what I'm experiencing in this, um, you know, very very uh, this environment that was suffocating me. And but at the, at the same time, if I left the environment, I felt like my storytelling was here. It belonged to this country. It belonged to. I'm a Pakistani, I'm a Muslim, and I need to have a voice here and uh, traditional Kathak I love doing. But this also kind of really inspired me. It, it inspired me, gave me a voice. It gave me a purpose. And that's how I chose to stay in Pakistan.
0: When you had your first public performance in Pakistan, after years of doing it in secret and being a rebel, and you finally got to showcase your art to the, to the public, what was yeah. that feeling like?
1: God, it was it was quite it was. I, I remember um, 1988. Uh, we martial law finished, and Benazir Bhutto came into power. And I was very fortunate. I don't know because I was already very active in the time when the democracy was not there. I was very active even as a young girl, you know, with when I was in the military government. So I think people knew about me and knew about my radical way of. of uh, doing whatever I was doing and raising a voice. So I was picked up by the prime minister herself by um, certain people around her in the cultural ministry. And um, we started working on um, projects. And we we did a lot of, uh, slowly we started bringing it in because you know, sakte the because you see the country, the people mindset over 10 years was quite against um, the the dance, you see. So, to so to crack a mindset could not happen in one performance, and I think everyone slowly started coming out, and we we kind of transited from still doing that kind of poetry, but kind of I started, you know doing tumris and doing and i did my first performance again at the pakistan american cultural center which again was a foreign ground but it was park american so it it gave me still a bit of um, protection because the 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 radicals were still out there and uh, you had the religious radicals then that were kind of on the loose and um, even though the, the government had changed and everything but there were still, you know, hidden elements of the radicals, of the religious ra- radicals. So one still had to be very careful. And I remember when I did my first show at the PACC, it was a small hall with a, which housed about 250 people. And I did three nights and it, they were all full. And then we ha- they, people were asking me to extend the, day, the, the, the nights of performance. And I said, we can't do it more than three because that's what they've given us permission to do. So, you know, it, and to see that people stood up in the audience. I think people were clapping to the fact that dance has been, um, you know, suddenly they're watching this Kathak performance and they're freely sitting there without looking over their shoulder. And I'm doing a pure Kathak performance with my tal and my tumri and my ghazal and, and my, you know, um, my footwork and and you know which was so so um supported by the audience and they I got a standing ovation just for the fact that dance is free you know and I remember I started crying on stage I was so overwhelmed with the fact that oh my god you know it was suddenly because it was such a was such a thin line between that feeling of being free and being you know it's a very thin I think I think my work didn't need to be radical anymore I I was given um, I got that feeling that now I can be who I can depict Kathak as it is I don't need to um, for quite some time that went on but I still still uh, had pieces that I wanted to do that um, were my experiences of, of, of a Pakistan that I was experiencing you know different to So Kathak's shape was changing for me. I was in the, I I was very interestingly with this kind of freedom. I was also caught up between um, who am I now as a Kathak dancer and who do I really define now? So I had a lot of reflection about, you know, um, something spiritual in me was awakening something, you know, and I was reading and studying the Sufis and I was studying Baba Bulesha and I was going to the Mazars and I was, you know, on a, A lot of, I think I was going through a healing element as well. So I was redefining my Kathak, um, looking at ways of not looking for acceptance, but looking at things that, um, not that people would not watch a Shiv Vandana, because I did a Shiv Vandana and it was really accepted. And I think the kind of class or audience that came was more open to that kind of um, um, interpretation and understanding the mythology being a very important part of Kathak. But it wasn't something that um, a lot of people would say to me, or um why do you want to rock the boat? you know the religious radicals are really like um, not they're gonna they're gonna get after you if they find out and then I did get a couple of phone calls and the, the, we're gonna burn your house down or." We burn the PACC down, so I said, "Okay, burn it. At least I'll become a khabar, you know." And wow. maybe the fight for new, the fight for dance is still. I'm not going to stop. I'm going to still carry on. So I'm not. I'm not scared, right? So if you're really serious about doing something, let's see. And they didn't. I think when you confront something, it's more about scare and fear rather than if they really wanted to do something. The only thing is that um, Pramit. With me, in 1996, 95, 96, um, one event did happen, and that was that I had given an interview. Now things have opened up, we've come from 88 to 96 now, I mean... So things had become a lot more normal. People right. were really expressing themselves. Performances were happening. International tours started happening. I was doing a lot of performance all over the world representing Pakistan. I was doing a lot of charity work. I was teaching a lot. I was doing a lot of workshops. I was attending a lot of workshops. You know, so in '96, when the World Cup happened, which we yeah. hosted the World Cup, right? Um, I gave an interview to a magazine which I said that dance is my worship that's all I said okay. and that you know I do read my namaz and everything but dance is my worship and it was misinterpreted and it was on the cover when the when the world I was performing Anarkali which was which we had developed in such a way uh, because all of the guests like Shoba Day were there and Inran Khan was there and Benazir Bhutto herself was there and, and many other artists from Pakistan were coming to watch the show. So we did a very modern yet traditional um, interpretation of anarchy at the Lahore Fort. So then, uh, and we had been working with the World, World Cup for the last three or four months, over six months, literally, So when I woke up after the show had finished, I got a uh, 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 news. They came knocking on my hotel room. My friends and everything. That your house has been the, the windows have been broken, and that you're on every newspaper. You're on the cover. I said, Why? What's happened? And they said, Oh, you know, tumne kuch bola hai. Tumne ki dances your worship. So the clergy people have done a fatwa against you. I said, Why? What if I? They have written. Namaz se zada. Nigah Chaudhri ko raks mein ninta hai. This was the alfaz the, the words that you know. In, rather than reading namaz, Nigah Chaudhary uh, finds more peace in her dance. So, they, mm-hmm. you know, the, the whole distortion of it, uh, uh, where I had separated that dance is my worship, and namaz is also something I do. It's a very personal thing. So. But they really used it, and I think they were using that against the People's Party government and against Benazir Bhutto being a woman. So I became the target, and my house was, all the windows were smashed in my house in, in, in Karachi. My uh, people who worked for me were beaten up. And um, then I was uh, in Lahore, because this performance was happening in Lahore, and straight away... I, I got a call from the um, ADC of Benazir Bhutto Saiba, and they asked me to do a press conference. So they, the British they said, you should, "We should fly you out for protection, because they had written I should be hung, I should be isko sangsah kar diya jaye, isko Hindustan bhej diya jaye, isko London bhe, isko Pakistan mein reh reh nahi ye ladki." And I was like, "Oh my God." what the hell you know look at this distortion this manipulation and I was on the cover I still have those pieces of, of newspaper I will actually scan them and send them to you I oh, have them in your yeah. the file I kept them that one day I'll show them to my you know kids or whatever that look you know your mom went through so much and I was just I just kept them because I got through that time but it was a very very tough time and I had a choice of flying out of the country and the British embassy got involved and then Uh, you know the 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 federal government got involved and they the the secretary of information flew down and he said you've got to do a press conference so I did a press conference and then we wrote things out and I wrote that I did not say this this is not my words my words were this and this and whoever wrote this come forward right now you know and I said this is total distortion and this is um trying to denigrate and degrade dance and me as a human being as a woman so i stand my ground and um, whoever wrote this article he should come forward and have a dialogue with me publicly right now at the press co- at the press club and let's talk about it because did i say these words and if he has them because he recorded it or whatever then he should show he should make everyone hear it so i think because i confronted it that um, it turned for me rather than against me. So then um, the news the newspaper the, the magazine that had written this you know because my parents in England were really worried everyone was saying come back to London you're safer here and I said no nee, I'm not gonna run away because you know that I'm not gonna be you know, let them get away with this because I didn't do it like this. So I could see the level of uh, what could happen. And I know that other people, Shima Kirmani Saiba herself has been through so much stuff. I'm not the only one. Nahid Siddiqui has been through so much. She was banned from Pakistan in 1977. and They made a sign a document. So, but I think physically I went through a lot in the sense that I decided to remain in the country. So that also made me say, I'm going to still do Kathak in Pakistan no matter what happens. That made me want to stay even more so.
0: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just absorbing all of that. Uh, that's really amazing. So uh, just a quick follow up on this. Um, would you say that one press conference kind of just changed everyone's minds or did take a lot of work after that? Because it's really impressive that you were able to get them a printed retraction and apologize.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think because the government got involved, it wasn't mm-hmm. me alone. I, I think see. the government continuously played Secretary of Information. Hussein akani was the uh, Secretary of Information and he was continuously having articles written and he got me to do interviews in a in, in a way that kind of supported the whole thing just to, you know, and that I think just, just I won't say the mindset changed mm-hmm. because this is definitely coming from the religious radicals. This was definitely coming from that angle. And I am, and I'm saying that that's in '96. We're in 2020, twenty. We're in 2020 now, right? right? So, it, 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 dance has changed. The mindset has changed. Um, I feel that going through all of what I've gone through, and I look back, and I see that's also shaped me and made me into the person I am, because you know there was a, because of all the rejection. You know, when sometimes you're called the Nachnevali. You know, on your face. And I remember being at a dinner, and there was this uh, ambassador's mother, who once she started talking to me, she asked me, "What do you do?" And I said, "Oh, I'm a classical gothic dancer." She turned her back on me. (laughs) I was like, "Oh, at the dinner, like
0: in front of people, just turned her back."
1: Wow. Yes, at a dinner in Dubai, and she turned uh-huh. her back on me, and um, I was like, "Okay, fine, no issue." And I got up and just started talking to some other people. So one has been, uh, even though I'm not being negative, I'm just trying to explain the level of what happened to Kathak, and that's why I feel the 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 reshaping of Kathak has started taking place with all the other dancers in Pakistan as well realizing that we always become the target for religious radicals and military rule which is I think Musharraf was much more supportive because when he came into power he sent me to Japan and China and he said please work on your art form and don't leave Pakistan we need educated women like you and you're a educated woman and you speak well and I want to send you to conferences please talk about Kathak from Pakistan please talk about the performing arts so so you know things started getting better things started really reshaping and, and and I started looking at my work in the sense and looking at the Central Asian influence in Kathak and looking at the Persian influence in Kathak and realizing I started studying more about it and I started realizing that um, you know, the, there are so many elements. The clapping has come from the Arabic tradition because if you look at Arabic dancing, you'll see that the clapping has come from there and the whirling, which in South, there's no whirling in the South of, of any of the other dances, of the any of the other classical dances. And I realized right. that come from 9th um, century Rumi. So the, the whirling has come from Rumi. The clapping has come from the Arabs and the whole um, um, technique has come the, because of the tabla, the technique has changed because of the 14th century influence of ami Khusro. Then I saw that when, then all the when the, the kings and the Nawabs and all, they came in from Central Asia, and how they brought their forms and how you know the and the kitna kuch experiments ho the, fusions ho the, fusions. Toh you know, we talk about fusion today, but actually there were, Gathak is has got so many influences in it. It's quite amazing because when, you know, the, the Spanish took the clapping from the Arabs, you know, yeah. flamenco influence has come from the Arabs because if you look at the Arab, I looked at a lot of the Arab dancing and there's so much clapping in the Arabic dancing. And um, then I realized, no, and then looking at history, it came from here and went, through Turkey and you know and through the Indus and everything so the, the Spanish took the clapping from us you know so it's very interesting from South Asia so do you know and do you understand so in Pakistan I said okay so these are elements that need to be looked into and we need to own this Pakistan needs to be told this that this part that you're rejecting it as being totally only um Um, an Indian dance form this is also as much uh, Pakistani because we were part of one performing arts tradition especially in northern India and this is the form that we inherit inherited uh, Kathak we've inherited and we need to own it now so I think that was been that has been my kind of um, um, dialogue that I'm now continuously to continuously even saying to the state I've even. Asked for a meeting with the Prime Minister Imran Khan that we should make Kathak the national dance of Pakistan now. We, should, we need to have one form. If, if if countries can have like Western classical Western ballet and Bharatna team as the dance of India, then the dance, classical dance of Pakistan needs to be Kathak. So
0: that brings me to my next question, Igaji. That mm-hmm. when it comes to Kathak in Pakistan, and we'll dive deep into this. But what are the unique stylizations you found of Kathak in Pakistan? And how have the different Kathak exponents in Pakistan over the years added to that style?
1: I think that the, the main thing that's been incorporated into Kathak in Pakistan has been the Sufi element. And the poetry of the Sufis, because of the whirling, and because that influence is predominantly there in Kathak,
0: and just, just a quick question. Uh, when you say whirling, is that the same as chakkar or is that as something else?
1: Whirling is the chakkar. You see, there, is there any other dance form that has so many chakkar? Mm, I guess not. There's not. Only Kathak has all the chakkar. So from from the whirling, which is the actual whirling, the chakkar has, has, has come about. The chakkar has developed from the hands going up to the hands coming down. And if you look at Western ballet, it also has chakras. They call them pirouettes.
0: Right. So what's the difference between whirling and a chakra? Just, I just don't know the,
1: the difference. So whirling, uh, ka jo hai, wo uski rhythmic aspect. Hota, na? Like you go, dhati, dha, 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 dha. So you go, dhati, one, two, three, four. See, so you have a rhythmic um, rhythmic aspect to it. In the whirling, you're just flowing, Right. So in the whirling, you're just whirling. You're okay. not really creating a rhythmic pattern.
0: I see. it's so more of a creating... continuous turning compared to... It's a
1: flow. It's a flow. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's a continuous flow. And okay. as in Chakra, there is a rhythmic um, part to it.
0: I see what you're talking about. Okay. Yes.
1: So All I right. feel that the, the whirling uh, aspect that came into katha turned into a Chakra. Okay.
0: Okay, that's really interesting.
1: For me, and when I look at it, and I see that uh the kind of um experiments that are happening happening, even though India may bohat hora hai, making Pakistan may bohat Zada, especially myself, and especially Nait siddiqui and uh siddiqui Zidiki G and, and Shrimaji and everyone. I mean, but I'm talking for myself right now. Is that because I've had been with a spiritual mentor? And he introduced me to the concept of dhamal. Dhamal is when you connect your heart and mind and you align yourself. You close your eyes and you stamp your feet, right? And you stamp your feet without any ta, the, the, which is right, left, right, left, left, right, left, right, like ascending, descending. You just continuously just right, left, right, left, right, left, right, left. Right, left. Okay? And then you close your eyes and then it's in the gap of the foot that the whole um, connection starts taking place. It's in the emptiness of the stamping that the whole invisible space is where they say this connection starts taking place. It's a very, very um, interesting because I went through the experience of it. And I realized, okay, so if this is the connection, this is the connection that has to come into, the, in, into my Kathak as well, which comes, but something deeper was manifesting through this experience of being at the mazars and dancing the damal and whirling away in, in the mazars. And, and then I started bringing that same feeling into, my, into Kathak, into my Kathak, and started picking up pieces that were closer to how people would, would respond to in Pakistan. And I found an amazing response that people really, really connected. The audiences really connected. Um, the, the whole, then we started bringing themes in. Like recently, if you go on YouTube, you'll see I did a piece called Irtiash. Irtiash, again, is a very contemporary piece. It's called Vibration how we have vibration in us and how vibration takes on from a, in a, in an invisible feeling to a physical manifestation of it and what it does to us and how it transcends the human physical self to the spiritual self. So that whole piece was about around that with some of my, again, experimenting with the concept because for me, it, I was understanding vibration And everything is energy and everything is in vibration and everything vibrates. And then I was just bringing those themes into my work. And I found that that was um, where a lot of people started bringing in the Kavali, bringing in um, elements of, um, like you have a Vandana. We have certain things that are in like in prayer, that have been sung in in, 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 in in adoration of Hazrat Ali, who is the the, the, uh, the, the, the valaya, which is the spiritual saint who is the door to spirituality of Islam. So things like that were brought in into, into my work. And I found an amazing um, connection. A much deeper connection with the audiences here and as I started finding a middle ground with my um Sufi work and my pure traditional Kathak work I found that that became the door to accepting the uh, kind of response finding a, a far more it's like easing someone into those elements of Kathak right rather than pushing them and saying look this is it you know so mm-hmm. i was easing them through like bringing them through a journey in the in in the in the in the, in the audience the audiences will go through this journey where i would be doing my salutation to hazrat ali and then you know um, taking permission from the sufis and then my gurus and then starting into a sufi piece yeah ye sab tera karam hai yeah many singers they have done a lot of sufi pieces and then i did a Baba Bulisha, who again wore gungurus and danced because his master was upset with him for 12 years, his master closed his door on him. So Baba Bulisha has been the uh, Sufi saint who danced uh, to, you know, get his guru to for- get his master, his Sufi master, to forgive him, and he has been such a prominent feature and figure. In, in dance, in our country, especially because Baba Bulisha natch ke yaar manaya, Baba Bulisha natch ke yaar manaya, you know, so that whole, so I used a lot of Baba Bulisha because I could relate to him, I could relate to you know, natch ke audience, natch ke is vibration ko natch ke Pakistan ko manana, you know, I could have my own way of right.
0: um,
1: could relate to Baba Bulisha so much, he became my hero, he became my Sufi hero. And, um, uh, you know, him also saying, I don't know who I am. Who am I? You know, and negating the whole concept of ego and self and identity. And because I sometimes feel that Pakistan has such a, I, you know, a, there's an identity crisis also going on in the performing arts and as people, that I would, these pieces became my pieces to be able to give my message through and kind of connect and make people reflect because, you know, I was, I don't think um, I've been trying to maybe through my performances more of a messenger rather than an entertainer. You know, I've never understood the entertainment part of any dance form, but I've always understood that um, the message for me, if it there's a, even in the technique, if there's a certain feeling or a message or a certain discipline you're showing you're you're actually doing a fantastic exchange of energy so for me these kind of elements became my kathak in pakistan and how it paved the road and for, the, for me to make connections with people and to bring more acceptance and to bring more understanding and to, rather than why I didn't want to knock the, the, the knock society, but at the same time, um, I was doing it as in free will, not to please anyone, but in total free, because it was, it was my own journey. I was on this tremendous spiritual journey myself and uh, my, my, my own Kathak had really transformed. Yeah. I could feel things very deeply. I, I think something opened in me as, as a dancer, you know, because mm-hmm. dancers are very sensitive and they're very, I think all dancers are, be whatever form, they're very sensitive to energy and how they feel and and how they use their bodies and how their soul is responding to all of this, you know. Yes. And so
0: what I'm hearing is that as a result of you staying in Pakistan, you did have, you know, more than your fair share of difficulties, but you also developed your own style, which you may not have, which may have looked different if you weren't in Pakistan. So you yes. have, so you have the, this style of your style of Kathak, which has the Sufi influences, which has Baba Bullesh which has the whirling, so, yeah. and which has great reception in Pakistan. And when you take your style of Kathak and you present it to audiences outside, how has that reception been? And how have they taken in what you've developed?
1: When I go abroad and I go to other places and perform?
0: Uh, yeah, and when you perform, about, perform the Sofias, so what has been the reception like?
1: It's, I, it's been very positive. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I uh, because this is something that's very recent as well this something has developed very recently with me you I know? See. Mm-hmm. in the last um, four or five years mm-hmm. uh, this thing has really become predominantly um, from 13 onwards when I started you know kind of experimenting more and really bringing this kind of element out because I was working with other themes, but but it's Wherever I've done it, like I when I toured America, and I was um, in UCLA, and I performed at Columbia, and I performed at the MIT in Boston, and I the Charter Oak Cultural Center in Connecticut, and I did my dance pieces. I had a really amazing because a lot of people said your Kathak looks different.
0: Right. A lot of
1: people did come up. I mean, Ashley did say it looks different, okay. and I would say that's interesting. What's different? Says, it's not just the way you use the form. And I that was interesting for me because you know some sometimes you're not looking at yourself, but people are seeing you and you kind of they're a mirror to the response that you maybe want to hear that okay a because I have I am using it differently. But are people seeing it? So that response would really endorse the fact that yes, you know, there's something unique in the way that I'm using my style. I'm using um, the application of the Sufi tradition within the Kathak form and how I'm bringing it all together. So um, for me, it's always been, oh, you look very, your Kathak looks very different. That was always the um, response I would get. Um, And that kind of, a lot of Pakistanis would come up, a lot of Indians would come up to me and Mm -hmm. say that, that your Kathak looks very different, you know. Right. I remember dancing at the uh, gendered dance festival. And um, a lot of the people there said, oh, your Katha looks very different. Something very different. So I said, oh, okay. But they found it, some found it, you know, very kind of away from the pure maybe way that Katha is done. But some said it's very, it's nice. It's, it's refreshing, you know. So you always get... Different kind of yeah. responses. I think everyone has their own unique way of um, uh, ha- performing. Everyone performs their own kathak. Because mm-hmm. you know, when you're learning, there comes a time when you become the kathak, and you you're being you're not the kathakar anymore. You become the dance. So the dance is you. So you bringing yourself to the to the form. Okay.
0: And on that note, Nigarji, um, when did you was there a time was there a particular time where you felt you've become the dance form or was there a pivotal moment or did that happen over time
1: i think that happened over time it doesn't happen because when you're much younger you're more in the mind because you know you're constantly learning and you're constantly developing and and you're younger and you're more vivacious and you you know uh, you're sometimes giving a lot more than that's needed, you know, in energy levels. But as you start settling down, maturing as a performer, I feel that it starts, the line between the two starts dissolving. And there are moments that you feel it as you're going along, you know, and then suddenly one day you say, oh, the line is diminished. It's gone. It's just the dance. You know, I'm just the, I'm just the, the vehicle or the, bhartan for the dance energy to be, okay. You know? hmm. So it's a it's very it's a very enlightening feeling actually. It's, it's a very it's a very spiritual experience for me. I've always yeah. found it to be. I come back very very um, cleansed and like I've been born again. And it's a, I feel that a lot when that kind of doesn't happen all the time. But and I'm not thinking about it. I need, I don't let my mind come in but it's yeah it has a powerful impact on the soul yes
0: and given your academic background and this, the 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 light of experiences you've had and the fact that you spent developing kathak in pakistan if there was someone to write a book it would be you so yeah looking forward to doing that doing that but you
1: know another thing that i am yes. planning from it and this Go is a, i'm just i'm just popping this in because i really feel it's nice to share this oh yes please um, my Nika Chodhi Foundation has been established in 2016. And the book is being done on as one of the projects of the foundation. And now what I'm also doing is I'm developing a paper um, which is about creating the next generation of performing artists. And what I'm doing is I'm picking up 50 kids who are, you know, maybe orphans in the country and uh, going to do workshops in all the different orphanages and see whether we can adopt those so many kids. We have them, we give them formal education and we give them performing arts education. And it's a program that I'm working on and developing. And I've got a lot of people who kind of really are supporting this and I've been discussing the idea so that, you know, I have, sarangi khatam hoge, sarot khatam hoge, tabla khatam ho Kathak dance, you know, so I'm thinking that we will put so many into Sarangi, so many into Sitar, so many into Tabla, so many into Gazalki, Gaiki, ki Gaiki, classical, and, and, and into Kathak. So we'll distribute the, the 50 kids and we'll give them formal education. So we have, because a lot of the artists are not educated, and I think that's been a handicap. So, and a lot of the Because I've joined uh, PTI, which is Pakistan Tariq in SAF, I've enjoyed, I've uh, joined the the political party. But on a cultural front, I've become part in the culture, the the sports and culture. And so this vision,
0: Mm -hmm. I'm going
1: to present to the government. Okay. And to get uh, land and to create a whole ashram like thing and a whole school with a, you know, a system where the, the kids can live there and they're taken care of and they're um, adopted by the Nikhuchaudi Foundation and they're given arts education and they're given perform- the formal arts education. And then they become the next generation of performing artists. It's a vision That's I have that I'm working and writing out right now.
0: That's an amazing vision. Do you have a name for this place that you'd this
1: place is called ccop it's called the cultural custodians of pakistan okay awesome Mm -hmm. and
0: since you touched upon the nega foundation could you tell us more about what the nega foundation is what it does how long it's been around
1: well it's it's been there since 2016 and um i set up an institute of performing arts which because of covid we had to shut down and um Because of you know we can't have people coming in because of the um, threat of the of the virus. So uh, we had all kind of singing, dancing, kathak, hip hop, salsa, um, folk, um, filmy dancing going on for kids who wanted to come in and learn. And then we had singing, we had theater classes, theater workshops and stuff like that. And then we'd have a lot of, uh, we did two festivals, which was called Dance Day Manau, which is in, uh, celebrating the International Dance Day. So we would have full um, performances of Bharatnatyam, Kathak, um, hip hop, folk, Sufi, everything. We'd, so we've been celebrating that for two years on the Nigrut Foundation. And we do a lot of awareness campaigns around performing arts. So since uh, in the last four years, we've done quite a lot huh, for the foundation. Okay, awesome. And,
0: so, and another thing I want to touch upon is you talked about teaching in Pakistan for the last 10 years. Could you tell us a little bit about your teaching practice, your students and mm-hmm. what that's I like?
1: Have a private, yeah, I have a private practice at home as well, even though I've been teaching at the Lahore Grammar School. Um, and that has been really interesting for me because... I have a group of girls. I won't say I have a lot of girls. I have around seven, eight girls who are um, on and off. Some of them come in and out, but four or five of them ha- actually perform with me. And um, some of them I hire from outside and I bring them in to the uh, teaching practice and then we learn the pieces. And recently we just um, learned a piece for, um, like coke studio there pakistan's coming up with velo music and yeah. we did the finale dance we did a Kathak piece with metal music wow
0: so, okay i haven't seen that actually
1: yeah that's that's going to be coming out it's just going to be launched in december november Interesting. December. okay so all my students in my studio they come in so we do regular and, and i'm trying to get them now because paliji uh, helps us a lot she plays mm-hmm. a massive role in through the ISTD syllabus. So right. I'm actually um, getting them to do the syllabus. The Paliji's kind of was trying to initiate classes with her online.
0: Okay. And then
1: maybe they can go to Dubai or go to Switzerland and take exams. So right. the ones who are serious, so there are a couple of who are serious, but they also like one's an architect, one works in an advertising agency. So they also work. And is, there is a bit of resistance from their families. But I right. think because of my name and because of the fact that I've done mm-hmm. so much in Pakistan, they actually respect respect and trust that. So they send their girls I with see. me. You know, so that's been quite um, a mm-hmm. success story for me.
0: Right. Because because of the work you've put in, you've kind of paved the way for them and even... Yeah. I, I, I assume it's not as easy for them, like say someone practicing in India or say the US or something like yeah,
1: that. But
0: things are much better than before. And you have a huge role yeah. to play in that. It's
1: opened up. I think, you know, what's happened The you, YouTube has it. opened up a lot of things, even though it has its down effects. I mean, I think a lot right. of people go and copy, you know, and once Paliji did this really um, interesting um, Zoom with all of us about how the... Uh, YouTube becomes the teacher, but it's not it's I mean, you you can't learn from YouTube. You you just learn items and then it's कि का mm. आप, mm. So this is runs unethical, ना? So if you really want to learn properly, then you need to find the right guru. You need to do your research properly and i think that for pakistan youtube has opened people up to to having classical dance and understanding the oh it's all around the world as we were very much insulated in like a bubble you know we didn't realize oh there's so much out there so i think that has really softened up the society and the mindset it's helped actually for us as a country it's helped but at the other the other end it also has you have a lot of kids just parroting and copying and doing really bad, you know, and, and teaching, which um, you can't control it, but that's the downside of it.
0: And then, so since you touched upon finding the right guru, what should one look at when they're trying to find a guru? What are the aspects they should look at?
1: Number one, I think it's connected to self. Um, finding a guru that herself, has had so much experience. Um, has a certain doing the research. You can find out online. Like you know, when I I was looking um, to go ahead after Pandit Ji, I found Guru Pali Chandraji, and I love calling her Ustaji because she she likes me calling her Ji. She's from Lucknow, so um, I did a lot of research around her, and I found out about a school in Gurukul Gurukul Dubai. Then I found about, uh, out about her being in Switzerland. And I, the fact that I did so much research. So it's about um, really researching and asking. And if you're a child, or the parent is looking, you can always ask around. It's very easy. You know, lots of websites have emails. You can have an eye for yourself. You can ask people around you. Is this a good guru to go to? Because a lot of them, a lot of stuff is fake as well. And a lot of stuff is money making. So you have to be very careful about, I think that in the performing arts, there's a whole um, money-making thing going on as well. And lots of people are not really qualified enough and are out there on, you know, cause there's no um, screening, but it's good uh, for me. I, I, that's how I found uh, Balichandra ji um, is through her doing a lot of research um, eventually I asked people in London who were Kathak-connected, you know, like Shushma mehta ji se pucha, Maine, um, sujata Banerjee se pucha. you know, people who are in London who have a name in Kathak. And um, because, pali ji, I live in Pakistan, so online for me, I was looking for someone who could work with me online, and pali ji was the one who was, is the kind of entrepreneur and person who's really... Um, done a fantastic job of, of putting Kathak online. I think she's one of the first really to be doing that. And she's an educationist. She's very key. She's got a fantastic background in Kathak. So I think it really depends. You have to really look at who you want to. You have to look at the background. You have to look at their work. If this is, the parent has to get involved, you have to do your research. Which, which school of thought do you want to go into? Into Lucknow, into Jaipur, into, you know, um, whatever you, uh, because up to online, and I don't think a lot of teachers teach online. So there are names out there, and there are quite a lot of people. I think even um, Shashwati Sen is doing online classes, Aditi Mangaldas, is, a, mm-hmm. bit, a lot of them are now teaching online because that's what COVID has done to most of the um, Kathakars. But I think research is important and finding out. And you they if you're learning, wouldn't yeah. your eye tell you what a good what good kathak is and what is not good kathak? Um I will say uh, to be honest, Negaji, I'm
0: a year in. Mm-hmm. I cannot tell the difference between someone who's good and who's someone who's really, really good. You know what I mean? If someone says, Oh, look at him, they're a master. I kind of like I just go along with it in the sense. I don't yeah. have that eye for seeing someone who's 10 years in versus someone who's 20 years in versus someone who's doing this mm-hmm. for 40
1: years. Okay, just from that point of view. But the right. thing is that if you if you if you, like what you're saying there are, there are senior students who are brilliant as well. Right. I I think I think you know what the category is for me there's the right. maestro. The master, the master right. is uh, uh, Birju Maharaj ji, Shashwati Sen, Kuni mm-hmm. right. Ben. You know these are the masters, you have uh, Rohini Bhatiki students, you have you have mm-hmm. all these different institutes that are really up there right you have Bangalore, you yes. have um, the, but she also has a big school in Bangalore and they do a lot of uh, Kathak and right. contemporary Kathak and you know mm-hmm. so they are the ones that are established and you know they're the master then you have the next tier, which are the senior mm-hmm. master's students Durga Arya, you have Ruby Mishra, you have um, Aditi Mangaldas, you have Sujet, right. uh, you know, you have so you, you can tell and then you have the next tier. So mm. it depends which because everyone is unique and right. individual. Everyone has their own way of performing mm. and teaching. And what do you like? Do you want to be very fast? Do you want I think the choice now is that you can also learn elements. You can say okay you know I want to do my foundation here and then I want to move on and learn this aspect of Jaipur, I want to learn this aspect of Lucknow or I want to learn this uh, Kavit, I want to learn this way of um, doing storytelling, I want to be contemporary in my um, learning, you know, I want to work on themes. So it's how you develop yourself as a answer? And that's why I don't think you, you basically maybe you have a teacher for 10 years, which is the base you need for Kathak, and then you can start exploring and then you can do so many workshops. They offer so many workshops. And I think it's always good to go to the Mastro's workshops if they're doing them, because that also gives you a, a lot of kind of hands-on experience right that's um, how I see it. actually I, you know I, I look at it like that
0: yeah absolutely because uh, I'm still fairly new I am still very influenced by if someone says oh look at them they're a great master they're a great dancer I'm like oh okay I don't have my own understanding of <laughs> things yet I <laughs> okay, recognize so- I recognize skill like recognize okay doing that many chakras in that much time takes skill but I don't yeah. recognize finesse or like grace or like this took years to develop I don't have that understanding yet
1: I think you're one year into it and that that comes with time as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you've been one year into it, obviously, it it, it takes time. You start developing. Mm -hmm. What do you like? Your eyes, your visual, yourself, your soul will start gravitating towards things that resonate with you. Right. Eventually, as you mature, as you start Mm -hmm. learning more and more and more. And so on
0: that note, uh, Nigaji, if you can help me understand when it comes to looking at the dance form or the or learning from Ustad Nain Siddiqui, Maharaj ghulam Haseen Kathak, what were the unique aspects and stylizations of their dance that you picked up from them?
1: Okay. ghulam Maharaj Kathak learned from Achin Maharaj Right. And Achin Maharaj was the father of Bijju Maharaj. Mm-hmm. So that link and then in his time, what I realized when I was learning with Nahiji because she had learned from Maharaji, when I came to Pakistan and learning from Maharaj Lam Sen, I found it much more slower, much more like maybe the time frame, like, you know, it was different. So because they came out from not a fast world, so the Kathak Tart was a lot more slower and simple. Right. The Uthan was a lot more therao um, There was a lot more ang, and there was a lot more, um, you know, vilambit me rehna lamba, you know, like not hurrying things up. Or even in tart utan, I'm thora sa uta Jaipur wale to kafi uta So I felt like in his style. There was this slowness of tempo that was like literally. um to So let's say one beat going back to four. So char So we're saying one, and we're waiting for four. Okay. Three. So the four counts, counter counts in between. Oh you know, when you're going we're okay. lower, we're lower as we go up. Uh-huh. In, in, in So we're going one, two, three. So the four gaps, you know, in between on the higher side, this was on the lower side, on the slower side, you know. Okay. so it would go it would go really slow so you would just go and i'm sure this was something of an influence of the of of the uh, of the course because achin maharaj ji and the whole gharana um obviously unhone achin maharaj ji se sikha and was slower tha aur har jee thahrao ke sath tha ang ke sath tha andaaz so what my andaaz and that kind of thing I feel Maharaji uh, Ghulam Sen taught us. You know, he taught us. And that's why you see a lot of, a lot of slowness and a lot of in Nahid Siddiqui style.
0: Okay. And
1: to like. pieces as well. Sorry.
0: Hmm. I was just saying, like, so to dig into this a bit more, when you slow things down and there's more, theirao, what aspects of Kathak open up that you would have maybe ignored if you were just focused on speed, say?
1: I would say, like the the feeling, the fact that you know, griva, your neck's slow movements, your kalaas' ka jo hai, you know, you go slower on your class instead of going kalai ka kam jo hai, you know, your wrist ka jo hota hai, wo slow down karte, aap you're more slower in that. Your eyes, your whole dekhna, your whole jhulna. You know, the whole jhulna of the body, side to side, around, walking, very so you you deepen, you know, you the way you dip deeper, you dip longer, you stretch, elongate yourself more. You have more time to enjoy it and savor, you savor the whole thing. I know that Jammaraji Kisat, I was learning, I really savored um, that whole. I enjoyed it with him because he also had this way of making you do it because he would, you know, have the musicians there and he would recite and Beach Mina, he would give this mean feeling, you know, from the sitar or something, you know, so it would just really enhance your whole feeling. And there was a tremendous sense of joy and connection and I, it's, it's, it's beyond words, actually.
0: Awesome. Um Yeah, that's great. And yeah, thank you for sharing that. I think that really helps. Uh, I started discussing the intricacies of the Pakistan style of Kathak with Rafia ji, and like with you, we've gotten to really explore it. And that's been yeah. amazing. And coming to the next part is so, because n- we talked, we touched upon Bali ji and the work we did with her. We talked about Ustad Hai Siddiqui ji, about Maharaj Gulamas in Kathak ji. And that brings me to your work with uh, when you worked with Pandit Durgalalji. Could you tell us a little bit about that when you went to yes. India? What was mm-hmm. that like coming out of there, working in Delhi?
1: Pandit Ji, kisat uh, it was. I was introduced to the Jaipur Gharana, which I'd never mm-hmm. done. Right. So I was introduced to speed, and I was introduced to kavit, and I was introduced to mythology, and and. Guruji, Pandit uh, Guruvalalji, was Shiv Bhakti. So, you know, doing the Vandanas, he, um, Shiv Stuti, Shiv Vandana, you know, all the th- things that were connected to Shivaji because he was a lover of Shivaji. And um, I I developed this um, Abhitak, this very strong love for Shiva, you know. So, I even have a picture in my bedroom <laughs> of Shivaji. Okay. It reminds me of Buddha Yeah, Shiva and Parvati. I have a picture of them in my bedroom. So every time I look at it, it reminds me of Pandit Urgalaji because whenever he would perform or he would teach us,
0: mm-hmm.
1: he just kind of, you know, his, that visual still is there because it was such a new thing for me to show because I'd never danced to gods or goddesses. You know what I'm saying? In were is to our so what was
0: that feeling like? What did you feel? Yeah, how did that feel, do, do, dancing to gods and goddesses, if you hadn't done that before? Yes.
1: It felt grand. It felt mm. really powerful. You know, it, it, it really um, got me in touch with the tanda of yourself. Like, you know, in Ch- Chinese philosophy, there's this um, yin and yang. yeah. So, um, and then in, in, in Sufism, we call this Jamal and Jalal right so jalal is the yang which is right. the male and mm-hmm. jamal is the female and yin is the and here lasi and tandav so lasi is feminine and tandav is the male so for me i could really start relating because you know i and it kind of i said you know i'm really getting in touch with the the the, the male aspects of myself you know through so doing yeah. the gods in body it made me powerful it made me confident it mm-hmm. developed confident side to me. It helped me be erect. It helped Aye. me bring clarity to my um, self, you know, even as a human being, I think mm-hmm. dance develops you as a human being. And I think okay. Jaipur because mm-hmm. I was a very shy person as a shy but very outgoing in spurts, not like consistently a very confident kid, you know. Okay. But I found that doing uh, with Guruji, when I started doing Jai Poo and I loved the theta. You know, I loved the, the, the style of that, you know. The tart is uh, is so different to the Lucknow. you know. So for me, that was something I really enjoyed um, because I had been doing things very slow. And yeah, it was like, it was it was making me, it was energizing me in a different way. It was using another part of my energy that was maybe very dormant inside me. You know, um, quite challenging because the footwork's very fast and you know right. the, the, the ladies were very different to the Lucknow ladies. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of heel ka work. Na? Tagadid, tagadid, tagadid. You know, there's a lot of that kind of ball, na? which was um, quite different to Takita dakita tukit, you know? Okay, from no? Tishra Jati to you know from chatrushar uh, Tishra maj different different Bolon Kisatkam karte, you know? Sit there. So that mm-hmm. for me was quite a transition. Okay. To work more on um the Jaipur application of footwork and, mm. and the ta. And again the parans and everything. I mean, you know, the chakras different from the luck now, you know, the elbows go up. So, it was nice to be able to get in touch with a different aspect of Kathak. And for me, when I look at it all now, like, you know, Prerna ji, um, jo, perform karti thi, when I was there in Delhi and Kamani auditorium there, I used to watch her perform and then Guruji ke performances. Dekhti thi. And it, a, it looked very powerful on stage. It was, it was very, it was like, Lucknow was one part of the energy, which was the yin. And then Jaipur was the other part of the energy, which was yang. But today I see that they both lend and borrow from each other. It's kind of taken, there's an amalgamation that's taken place, I feel, yeah. between the two forms. And now because people are spilling over from one form to the other, Jaipur ko sa ke mix karte Or sik debi different, different gurus So there's a whole... Exchange going on, and that's really nice because I think it's bringing, uh, bringing yet a third element, you know, um, and that's what I feel that maybe happen with me at times. That happens sometimes, I find, that you end up kind of you, when you're creating, you end up using a bit of Jaipur and a bit of Lucknow.
0: Okay, that's pretty awesome. Thanks for saying that. I just had someone from Jaipur, Karana, last yesterday and they kind of gave me their perspective as well it's always Mm. nice to hear that and uh, yeah and and your experience also reminds me of sharmila because she started out in jaipur and then moved to Lucknow, and that it seems like there is a transition period and then they catch up pretty quickly um yeah that that i have noticed yeah Uh, okay and uh, so that kind of brings me to like about a question I want to ask you here is when it comes to Kathak in say Pakistan uh, you've, you know, you've brought it a long way but what, do you, what is your vision for Kathak in Pakistan in the future and what needs to be done
1: I think I, I feel and this is what I'm trying to do is to institutionalize it mm-hmm. to get it into um, to bring the syllabus in because what happens and what has happened is that many teachers who have not gone through a syllabus um, are not really telling the students mm-hmm. um, you know, ये, ये, this understanding, all the different things you know, all the different you have um do, and you have to do, you to do, and you to unke and ya unki to do, and you have you are learning, if I overall try to I think that once it gets institutionalized and there's a syllabus, it's right. there. You have to teach it. So it becomes transparent. So you can't say, uh, the te- I, I think it's nice for the student to know. Ye ye hai. It should be transparent. Nah? Toh, I think we're so mature as human beings, we've evolved. So I feel baked some years, or dance many or instrumental, maybe You know, so I feel syllabuses institutionalized mm-hmm. kind of um, the gaps that are there in the learning will then mm-hmm. start to minimize, and people will mm-hmm. know what they're learning will be like you know if i meet an indian Kathak dancer in um america and mm-hmm. i've come from pakistan and we're there then at least you know that you your your, your language is the same now and if you mm-hmm. in the beginning i did not know the names when i was learning with Gulam maharaj and mm. I said, right. everything was a tukara. Okay. But it can't be like that, no? It's not like that. Mm. There's so many things that w- were gaps in my learning. And that's why Pandit Ji and Paliji I've been working with them to, you know, understand what I'm just saying it's been a consistent journey of filling up the gaps. Right so for me that's very important with my students i make it very clear ye ganesh vandana hai ye shiv vandana hai ye, um, ye sufism mein ye hai background ye hai ye kathak ka repertoire ye hai jhap taal mein yu hai ek taal mein yu hai uh, you know teen taal mein hai, you know so khali taali kaise hai you know it's not just because a lot of people they just teach them without teaching them the khali and the khali. so they're just clapping 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 but you have to show the system so it's in a system or system ko inculcate ki hai, Pakistan mein. okay and so that's what I'm, I mean I'm doing it with my students mm-hmm. and inshallah, I'll see in the future that that's the kind of thing I'm trying to lay down with the Chadi foundation as well is to bring in an institute to bring in a proper you know um syllabus to have people learning with goals. When you don't have a goal, when you're just learning and you don't have an outcome, I feel it just takes you on a never-ending journey. You don't know where you're going. You need to be the master of your ship. So if you make the students the masters of their ship, they will say, oh, I have to learn this and I have to work on this and I oh this this is this, you know, so that's Im- evolving them into uh, making them independent Kathak dancers. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, yeah. um that makes sense and yeah that was pretty much everything i wanted to ask you and okay
1: actually,
0: uh, but there was one question i wanted to ask you which i didn't discuss with you further so i, I if you're in mm-hmm. if you're comfortable discussing it we go with it uh do you want to discuss the concept of developing talking about pakistan as its own gharana and all that
1: well, actually, uh, there has been a lot of talk about the Lahore Gharana.
0: Yeah, so I—that's what I wanted and, to ask yeah. you—is that something you want to discuss?
1: Yeah, I, I think that Naheed Siddiqui ji has been talking about it, and has it has for us it's established because it kind of initiated from Maharaj Gulam Sain Kathak, and I think that the Lahore Gharana is um, kind of been established from him. His uh, work here, being here and the fact that uh, Bina Jawad and some other people, you know, are of the Lahore-Gharana. Um, and the Lahore-Gharana, again, is that aspect that also um, works very closely with Sufi work and um, the Muslim aspect. So the Lahore-Gharana focuses more on the Muslim aspects of Qatar and highlights them because it's more acceptable it's more easy to understand it's more in our culture it's closer to our cultural identity so um that's what the lahore ghana has been developing into okay and, and it exists in pakistan yes it does exist awesome.
0: and so i've been having this conversation with Sarah Morelli who mm-hmm. is based out of California. She was a senior s- disciple of Pandit Desdash-ji. and yeah. she's And she, she, she's an academic here. And they've been advocating for, say, the California style of gharana where because they've been developing their own art from there. And her what she's been telling me is that the concept of a gharana is a live debate, and it takes two to three generations for the idea to get afoot and be accepted at large. So what do you think it will take for the Lahore Gharana to get accepted? And is that something you are working towards or is that something that's necessary?
1: Well, You know how I look at it, to be very honest? Um, Because it's there, whether it's accepted or not is not the question right now in Pakistan. In right. Pakistan, it's accepted. Mm-hmm. It's in the, the syllabus that uh, Beena Jawad and I created. It, the Lahore Gharana has been written about there. Right. We have printed it for the students to know. And we have put it under the doyen. Uh, the doyen is Maharaj Khulamasa Kathar. So it exists in Pakistan. Whether it exists anywhere else, whether it's... Um, I personally feel it's an extension of everything that's going on. But it has that element of its own unique characteristics, like the Sufi um, aspects and the um, other Muslim aspects that are highlighted on. So, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not fighting with everyone or anyone about uh, it, it being accepted or not. Right. The fact that uh, we're doing it in Pakistan and if it gets its name and it starts i don't have a result in my mind if you know what i mean you know? okay
0: yeah it's Makes a sense.
1: process it's a process and mm-hmm. um, acceptance or non-acceptance is not the journey mm-hmm. the journey is to bring acceptance and understanding and connection in pakistan and if the Lahore gharana of Kathak is doing that i'm all for it okay
0: thank you that was that was really awesome um, thank you yeah. Thanks a lot, Nikaji. That, that is all, those are, those are everything I wanted to ask you. Um, this, you. I love doing this interview with you. There were aspects and things in Kathak that only you have insights on and nobody else can. So this has been really unique that way. So I really thanks. appreciate you coming on here.
1: I loved the, Thank you so much because I really enjoyed this interview. I really poured my heart out and I think it's the first time I've really given a very clear um, voice To how I see everything, you know, in in the context of being a Pakistani and being a Muslim and living in Pakistan, even though I'm a British citizen and everything. And Mm -hmm. taking the choice of living in Pakistan because I want that contribution of Kathak to be here through my presence.